During Dell TechFest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select gaming monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at Alienware.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge gaming technology to conquer the competition and free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com deals. That's Alienware.com deals. This week in PlayStation, we're talking about more on the Horizon TV show, PlayStation's PC moves, and what's next for Metal Gear Solid. We'll have all this and more because this is PSI Love You XOXO. Welcome to the show, everybody. That's Blessing. That's Young. Yeah, I'm Greg, and this is a show you can get on patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. There, you can watch us record it live, get it ad-free, and get it with the weekly post show. If you have no bucks toss our way, support us on the Epic Game Store, Fortnite, Rocky League, or wherever else they'll accept that creator code, kindoffunny. You can get PSI Love You XOXO for free with ads and without the post show over on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, and podcast services around the globe each and every week thank you to our patreon producers gordon mcguire fargo brady tyler ross delaney twinning first responder nd olive party from the kf community discord julian the gluten-free gamer alex j sandoval casey andrew james hastings today we're brought to you by athletic greens but first let's start with a psn message from you actually young hey how are you hey how you doing man happy to be here thank you for having me you, that's blessing you you know him that's you've me. talked to him of course. you're the first guest we've had since we've restructured the show just to be pow get right into it oh. so it's like where do we enter where do we enter i guess in the psn message we have to introduce who are you young and what do you do well um i'm young yeah i do youtube content i talk about video games i review video games from time to time as well i do some voice acting here and there as well and some uh, voice acting <laughs> here and there yeah you know climbing that ladder it's been fun and uh, excited to dive into today's uh, topic. Uh, it's obviously one that's near and dear to my heart if uh, folks have been following my channel for a bit. Yeah, uh, of course, you and I met at a Metal Gear Solid event, so I'm that's very correct. excited to talk to you about the Definitely. future of Metal Gear Full Solid. Circle. But before all that, y'all, we're yeah. going to start with the PSN message. It comes from Mark Starvagi, who wrote into patreon.com slash games and says, do you have your PlayStation situated vertically or ho- horizontally, and why? <laughs> Mark says, mine is vertical because I love the way it looks. Young, how do you have your PlayStation 5? I literally have uh, my consoles behind the monitors and connected to this HDMI split and all that. And it's all vertical just because, it, I mean, it conserves space. Uh, in yeah. my living room, though, it's horizontal. So oh, it depends see? on the situation. Yeah, yeah I'm, okay, I'm, I don't yeah. discriminate there. I'm a fan of both. I, I think vertical. But, like, I, and that's, I'm with Mark that I think it looks better. But, but do you think it looks better horizontal? Because I thought uh, it was a given that vertical looked better. Yeah, uh, I think the PlayStation 5, I, I like vertical better. Um, it just, like, shows off. I don't know. Uh, horizontal mm-hmm. looks like, I don't know. It, it looks weird horizontal to me. It's doing uh, too much. Like, the shape doesn't it, look yes. like it's meant for, hor- for horizontal. It's yeah, the yeah, first yeah, yeah, base. It's meant to go up. I mean, it looks exactly. like the ISR on, right? That's why it goes up like that. That's how it should be, I think. 
I mean, the way they showed it at, when they first announced it, it was vertical. That's how they, like, when they zoomed out. I mean, just saying, that's, like, the official reveal, so... Plus, I think you don't, don't you technically need a base to it too if you're whole, if you're if you have it placed horizontally. That, that's it's true, a, but it comes oh, you yes. need a base for if it's if it's vertical as well. Yeah, that's right. Oh, you got yeah. vents. It busts your vents. Your vents. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so far so good. It's lived this long. Vertical, you like screw it in or something, if I yeah. recall. And then horizontal, yeah. you like there's like a little notch. You like place it in the back or something. It's this whole oh. process. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the Xbox is just a giant freaking rectangle. It's just a giant box. So you can just like. Can you have that uh, horizontally, the Xbox, or does it have to be vertically? No, you can do it horizontal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got mine. There it are rubber looks, feet on the back sides, back. if you will, mm -hmm. if you place mm -hmm. it vertically. I have the yes. Series S, so I, whenever I look at the X, gotcha. it looks like it's something that would be, I don't know why, but scary to put horizontally. I don't know. I don't know. It yeah, definitely yeah. doesn't have the same vibe. You know, I think yeah. console manufacturing will never hit the heights of the PlayStation 2 launch model with the mm. PlayStation logo you could turn. Because that was like when yeah. you're like, I am making a choice that if I'm putting it horizontal, I'm turning the PlayStation logo to be horizontal. And if I'm bringing it back up, I'm turning the PlayStation logo to be uh, north and south on it or whatever. Like that was them saying you can do no wrong. And from there on out, I feel like we have a bunch of consoles where it's like clearly this is meant to be one way or the other. Mm -hmm. Like a PlayStation 4, sure, you could stand. And, I'm, and I did stand it here and there, but it wasn't meant to be. Yeah, that you was a, agree with that. That was meant to lay flat. That was meant to be right there. Is PlayStation this, 5 meant to stand up vertically. This is the first console generation where both the big consoles seem meant to be stood up yes. vertically, right? I agree with that. Yeah. 100%. Is, that's that's why, is, that, because, is that because of PC? Is, is, have they decided that PC gaming has just been the, the thing that rules all and we should just lean into what they are? Huh. Maybe there's just too many components in these things that like we have to make them bulky. And to make them bulky, it makes more sense to have them vertical as opposed to horizontal. I think... There's some of that tied into it, but there's also the fact that, yeah, if it's going to, if it has to be this bulky, we have to make it seem like these are stylistic choices. Yeah. Right. And there's also the, the surface area aspect of like, if you put it vertically, it just takes up less surface area space. So you can like put more stuff on a surface technically, uh, unless you want like want to pile them on top of each other, which wouldn't be ideal. But I don't know. Efficiency wise, vertical mm -hmm. makes sense. But for years, you figure we were marching towards this small and just black. You just get it smaller and smaller and blacker and right. blacker. So it can just hide on a shelf, an entertainment center, or whatever. Right. Right. And now, yeah, this generation, for sure, both Xbox and PlayStation are like, well, we are here and we're very loud. Right. <laughs> so like, we might as well lean into it. Here's to see what PlayStation 5 slim model will be like. I guess Xbox with a Series S has its slim model, if you will. But it's, you know, the hardware is a little different and all yeah. that. But yeah, curious to see. It was going around the, what, last week or a week after, before that? Or, Last week or the week before that, where a guy had gone and like basically made a PlayStation Five into like I a smaller laptop, like pretty much. Yeah, it's a little thing, and the yeah. like ventilation's like outside or something. He like took some copper stuff and like wired it out. I don't know. It's this whole contraption. It's crazy. Yeah, it's but it's it, well, it's always that thing. I don't uh, you know the best forms of consoles are the ones where they show you the new one. You're like, oh, I didn't even think about that, but yeah, that, I want that. I need that. Like, I still like my PlayStation Five how it looks. Like. Mm -hmm. Granted, we're all gamers and we're not trying to hide that or whatever. But even as I just look over here where I have the my work PlayStation's in the the pink outfit, the yeah. new pink covers or whatever, like it pops right. and it's big and it's beautiful and it's glowing right now. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I love yeah, that. Yeah. I like I my love... my red crimson. Like I don't know how I mm. felt about it with the the white. Uh, it felt very loud. Is that your Siri, Greg? Who is that? You got somebody at your door? She aims to please. She must have heard something mm. right. So. But yeah, like I, I not that I didn't like how it looked. It's just that it was very loud. You know, I, I, I didn't like the fact that if I wanted to have an entertainment center that was 
all right, everything is black. Everything is, it feels like a piece of technology here. The PS5 would be the one thing to stack out and go, hey, I'm here. Like, I am, yeah. I am here. I am loud. Notice me. I am in your entertainment center. <laughs> That's why I do appreciate that they've done the plate thing because now mine yeah. is the, the crimson red one, which is still loud, but it's loud in a way that I like. Like, yeah. I, red is my favorite color. And if you are going to go for something that is more, you know, stylistic or different, if you double down on the red, like the crimson red, I'm, I'm in for it. I'm down for it. I, wanted, I my- wanted to be at the meeting where all of the uh, uh, first party developers were like, yeah, let's make our new consoles just uh, lean into the the white and black aesthetic. Because that's what I, 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 I'm keeping my PS5 uh, basic plates because then it matches with my OLED switch. It matches sure. with my Series S. If I oh, if yeah. I you know get new plates, I feel like it, it, it doesn't uh, you know. You lose the vibe. Yeah, it loses yeah. the vibe. That's true. Fair enough. Fair enough. The, the black's pretty sleek though. If you put the black plates on, you want to go yeah. full stealth mode, full yeah. Batman mode. Yeah, that's the one. It was tough at the beginning though of the generation where it was if you're somebody who wanted to get a both an Xbox Series X and a PS5, if you're one of those richies out there that has all the money in the world that can spend money on both these things and somehow get them, uh, you are dealing with the PS5 that looks like this futuristic Detroit become human uh, machine. And then if you're getting the Xbox Series X, right, you have this just fucking brutal obelisk (laughs) of a machine. (laughs) And having them sit next to each other, they look like they're from different timelines. And at the beginning of the generation, I would figure that that, that's a struggle. Like I'm somebody who happens to have both because we're in media and we're lucky enough to get sent them. but like having them next to each other, I'm like, there's no way I can make this work aesthetically. Uh, and again, thank God for the plates because the plates help a little bit. They still look really weird sitting next to each other, but I've given up on the style. Like these things are just sitting on the floor next to my uh, my desk at this point uh, just for like the streaming and gameplay and all the stuff that we do for work. But if I was trying to make this work in an entertainment center, I would, I'd be struggling. Yeah. yeah. I'm just, like, that's I why I like glad. the idea of putting them behind the monitors like you mm-hmm. do. I'm just, I'm just glad they uh, the PlayStation Five doesn't sound like a jet engine like the PlayStation Four. Oh That's God. all I care about. Yeah. <laughs> Let me talk about the Steam Deck. Yeah. What's the one on the Steam Deck? Oh, the Steam oh. Deck sounds like a jet engine. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 Oh, does it? Uh, for it's me, not it's bad. Like, yeah. It's not well, as bad saying, as the Let me turn mine on. Whoa! <laughs> no, That's right. Shit. You don't deserve it. He's joined the Deck Bros or the Deck Boys. That's in my room. Yong's in your. We know you have it, Yong. I saw. I saw you. God, it looks so tiny in your hands, Greg. I'm a giant man. <laughs> like, and that's the thing I'm talking about. Like, it does, you know, huh? I, 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 it feels awesome in my hands. It does. Like when I was going around, it, you just uh, trying to install stuff today and starting to walk through how to get Ghostbusters and the Sega Master System on it. I was like, yeah, this is mm. the stuff. This mm. is. I'm looking forward to playing some games on this thing. This is the worst PlayStation podcast. <laughs> Fine then. Let's move to topic of the show, gentlemen. The last Metal Gear game was Metal Gear Survive. In 2018, yeah. Metacritic, depending on your platform, ranges from a 54 to a 62. And now the PlayStation Nation turns its lonely eyes to Konami and has to ask, what's next for Metal Gear? Uh, Yong, I know you from the Metal Gear Solid 5 event. We went down yeah. there, we played it, we reviewed it together. That's where I met you for the first time. Yeah. 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 What is your history with the franchise Metal Gear? So I, I mean, when I first played Metal Gear Solid One, was my first uh, game, uh, my first foray into the series, and I remember I borrowed it from this friend uh, when I was still living in uh, Venezuela. I, and he, uh, yeah, I saw this box art, and I'm like, that that art style is super cool. Whatever that game is, can I borrow it? He's like, oh yeah, I've already finished it. Here, take it. And I brought it home, loaded it up in my PC, installed it in my compact Presario. I mean, I don't know, I forget. Uh, really old PC, but it, it ran well. And man, uh, just the second that the the 
what's oh man, what am I forgetting? The the, the little operatic thing that plays at the beginning. The, oh, oh yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, the best is yet to come. That's it. That started playing. I'm immediately immersed. I'm like, what is mm-hmm. this? And then the dialogue starts kicking in. It's like I, I've not played anything like this at the time where it felt so cinematic, and I was already in love. Yeah. And I go through the game. I love the level design. The um, and, and yeah, I finished that game, and I'm like, I got to play more of this. And by that time, Metal Gear Solid 2 come out on PC as well. Um, and so I had another friend who had that game. I borrowed that. That game, I, playing that as a as a kid, <laughs> it's trippy. When especially towards the end, when you know the AIs start to go crazy and all that. Right. Um, turn off your unit. Turn off. Yeah. Your turn off your cons. Turn turn <laughs> off the game. I'm like, do I turn off my game? Do I need do I need to do that to progress? I don't know. Um, and yeah, from there, I've just been, I, it, there was just nothing like it. And to this day, like, it's just, it's such a unique identity. It's such a Kojima uh, thing. Um, Metal Gear Solid 4 took me a while to play because I, my parents wouldn't get me a PlayStation 3. And so I, yeah, I know. Cowards. Um, cowards. Um, but I remember, uh, man, watching those trailers over and over and over again. I love seeing Raiden as a badass fighting vamp and stuff like that. I remember watching that. How, old, how old were you when uh, MGS4 came out? Oh man! So when did it, I'm I'm I, I was born like in 2008. 2008. Okay, I was born in 1992, so I was probably in my teens at that okay. point. Because yeah, you mentioned yeah. like you you know your parents wouldn't get you MGS4, and that put me in the same place of oh shit yeah like I was in high school when yeah. uh, MGS4 came out, and I didn't even have a PS3 at at that point. <laughs> right. And so I would be looking over friends' shoulders or going online and just watching YouTube videos of mm. people doing MGS online shit. Uh, yeah, with yeah, each other yeah, and just like living vicariously through stuff going on. In yeah, history. yeah, yeah. Um, it, but it was like I, I love the just the the legacy aspect of it. It's so like generational, you know. It's like you start oh, yeah. with Big Boss and you go all the way to Solid Snake, and there's so much like tying all that together. And so I would always like just look up the story and did all this research and just like became really ingrained with the lore. And then you know I I decided one day to like try this YouTube thing, and I'm like nobody's like covering Metal Gear all that much. Why is that? I should I should do that because nobody else is doing it. And uh, yeah, people were responsive to that, and then that kind of got me into Metal Gear Solid Five. I did a bunch of coverage for that, and uh, that's I ended up in the review event, and that's how we met. And I've just been in love with the series since. I mean, as far as I can remember, really. So it's yeah, it's one of my favorite franchises of all time. It's probably uh, my favorite alongside Zelda. I want to commend you too because you're you're definitely about that life. Because I you, you mentioned before <laughs> that you know I met you recently at Summer yes. Game Fest, mm-hmm. and you're awesome because I met you twice. I met you the first time on like it was like Friday night or something. Yeah, was, the, the party at the rooftop. Or yeah, whatever. there was a rooftop yeah. party, and I, it was like a group of people hanging together, yeah. and I like introduced myself. And like somebody was like, "Oh yeah, I'm this person. I do work for this outlet." And then you introduced yourself, but like the music was loud, and yeah. so like I didn't catch your name totally. But then I was like, "Okay, what outlets do you, do you work for?" And you're like, "Oh, my own YouTube channel." And I was like, "Oh, cool, this guy has his own YouTube channel." And then it didn't hit me until later that night that it was yeah. gone. Yeah, and I was like, "Wait a second, I know that guy. I've seen his content before." And so the yeah. day after, we were at like a, a mixer. I see you yeah. again, and you're rocking a Death Stranding shirt. Death Stranding shirt. Yeah, and I yeah. was like, "Yep, this guy. Death this shirt. guy absolutely is about that life. Like this guy is down to rep Kojima wherever he goes." Damn right, damn right. Um, and I love that yeah. Yong's like, oh yeah, I, I, I know what it was covering Metal Gear on YouTube, so I started to, and I kind of got going. Like, you have 1.2 million followers on your <laughs> subscribers on YouTube. Yeah, you're you're doing pretty well. Yeah, I, it's crazy. It, it, it just kind of happened, but you know, yeah, happy to be in, you know, blessed to be in my position, and uh, just I hope I get to talk about Metal Gear again and to go down that train, that conspiracy hole, rabbit hole again. 
um, yeah, that, I miss that. I miss those days. So I guess that's the best place to start, right? Mm-hmm. And first off, I do want to, the chat was already trying to dime me out for how old I am. I want to dime out. You're like, oh, my parents wouldn't buy me the place that, uh, I came home from freshman year of, co- oh, I guess I'm true. I came home for Thanksgiving from freshman year of college. So in my first uh, Thanksgiving, I away. And that's when my mom gave, had already gone and picked up my pre-order for Metal Gear Solid 2. Ah, uh, so in two, I, I was coming home. I Metal Gear Solid Two. I was in college already, coming home to complain that or whatever. <laughs> she got me the manual too. Uh, but you, you know, you talk about this. You, you know, you want to talk about Metal Gear one day. Yeah, Young, are you going? Do you think we're getting another Metal Gear one day? Yes, I do think so. I, I don't think it's going to be a brand new entry. I think Konami's going to play it safe and license out somebody to make a remake and that's kind of where the general rumors have been at uh, right i can interject of course and i'm sure you 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 know i know but to bring everybody up to speed and what pepper and news as we go of course we as a games daily and press enthusiast press industry always talk about konami pachinko machines and how they turn their back on consoles and yada 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 don't forget that konami did say that hey we are going back to it they're going there they just had their most profitable year ever so we'll see but they did say that they were looking into getting into uh, core games again and getting back to that right and one of those rumors that has been getting kicked around quite a bit is the fact that konami is working with virtuous on a metal gear solid 3 remake Mm -hmm. that was Mm -hmm. a job listing that got put out people went off of that and jumped around from there let alone the fact that in general they own it and if they're working with a million other thing like they are you know talking to bloober team they've already said they're making games with bloober team they're making more uh, uh, uh bomberman games there's konami is coming back into real gaming theoretically yeah, they theoretically. say they are and then yeah metal gear solid 3 the rumor has been i'm an ign right now mm-hmm. remaking metal gear solid 3 is uh, no I, uh, studio rumored to be remaking it, and that's on uh, october 11 2021 so mm-hmm. that was late last year that that rumor really started getting kicked around with vgc yeah. talking a lot and referencing some job postings yeah, yeah um and uh, some other folks are saying it might be a metal gear solid one remake uh who knows uh personally a three remake would be kind of incredible that's uh yeah because like, it's narratively i'm oh, sorry go ahead I was saying because because three is the best one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the gameplay, you know, shows a little age here and there. And so if they can like modernize it a little bit and then just like add some uh, extra bits and flares and just like, but but like keep the story as is, I think it could be incredible. Um, but yeah, be, beyond all that, I mean, uh, Video Games Chronicle released this article where they talked about you know multiple. Our sources have told us that multiple studios are working on Silent Hill and lo and behold we've seen the Silent Hill leaks now we pretty much know that to be true Bloober team apparently is working on Silent Hill 2 remake uh Annapurna I believe they're working on like a episodic like smaller serialized Silent Hill a series of games and then the Japanese uh, a Japanese studio is making like a mainline new entry is what's being said yeah and then we're seeing that kind of coming to fruition and alongside those rumors that same article talked about how they've heard Castlevania is going to be revived and Metal Gear is going to be revived so I feel like it's a matter of uh when not if at this for sure what do you what do you think the roadmap looks like because you know in talking about Silent Hill it seems like they have all these grand ideas you know from having Bluebird team work on a version and having Annapurna or any other smaller developer work on this episodic thing and then having Mm -hmm. the Japanese developer work on the next iteration for Metal Gear Solid do you think that there might be a similar approach because uh, there's no shade to Silent Hill Metal Gear Solid is probably the biggest gaming IP that Konami holds in their hands and with that Maybe you'd want to double down or triple down on it on the way in the way that those rumors ta- are talking about Silent Hill. So, do you think it is? Hey, let's remake Metal Gear Solid Three. Let's also maybe remake Metal Gear Solid One, and yeah. let's maybe make Metal Gear Solid Six. I feel like that's the most far fetched thing. Yeah. yeah but do yeah. you think there's any possibility that we get a we ever get a game titled Metal Gear Solid Six? Man, if we do, I'm gonna 
I don't know. It, it's just Metal Gear is such a Kojima mm-hmm. thing that it, it, it's just, it's his voice. It's really his vision. And so I don't know how anyone can capture that. They have to do something kind of that, that branches off in terms of direction and really kind of they cannot imitate Kojima. You know what I mean? Like it's just For not sure. possible. He just has a very unique way of directing and just thinking that comes across through his work. It's like an artist's signature. You just know when it's that artist's work. Um, and so to rep to try to replicate that would be, I think it would just come off as somebody trying to be like a Kojima wannabe. So it'd be so yeah. insincere, right? Like everything, yeah. you know, whether you love or hate a Kojima game, like, it is 100% him and his Absolutely. vision, right? And it's when somebody gets in the way of that vision, as we saw with Metal Gear Solid Five, that problems yeah. arise. And so my whole thing is a, a fan, and what I want out of Metal Gear is the remakes actually don't get me super excited unless they were going to come at it and say, hey, we're Final Fantasy VII remaking this, where it's mm. like we're doing it and it's starting from a very specific, a similar place, but this is its own story. We're going its own path. We're doing that. But even then, I feel like, you know, Final Fantasy VII didn't have the baggage that this is going to have. Coming mm-hmm. to a Metal Gear Solid game and not having Hideo Kojima is going to be a huge problem, right? Yeah. So best case scenario, I think it is that you go in there and you you have them make a new game. And it can be, we're calling it Metal Gear Solid, and it's going to be, you know, a solid Soft snake. Or- exactly. And he's infiltrating Shadow Moses, but like that and like you know we'll use the same you know uh antagonist vulcan raven and such and obviously liquid and so on and so forth but like it's a reimagining it's a revision of all that and it's not going Mm -hmm. to but even then i feel like you get so hung up on the same kind of stuff that we'd all be looking for the darpa chief and and gray fox right right right, right down the line what if yeah yeah. what if you did in a way where it was metal gear and and something that's not solid right let's say metal gear amorphous i was gonna say gas but gas is not as cool <laughs> metal gear amorphous right and it is not the characters you know it is here's an entirely new cast of characters we are sticking Oof. with the metal gear ip but to get away to like separate ourselves from the kojima comparisons and the kojima vision we are leaning into the tactical espionage gameplay that you know with an entirely different story that is still rooted in war and metal gears and, and crazy powers and all this stuff god it's tough man it's really tough it's like no matter what direction they go with because kojima isn't on board people are always going to be on some level skeptical that they can like capture what metal gear is because it is so distinct to how kojima just like is creatively um i feel like and you know remakes have been making a resurgence as of late resident evil has been doing really well with their remakes so i feel like they're probably initially going to play it safe and go with remakes because that's going to make fans happy um it's it's kojima's story his vision but like touched up uh, but after that, if they follow up with a Metal Gear Solid 6 or a Metal Gear Solid reboot, uh, it, it's, you know, after Metal Gear Survive, that was our first foray into Metal Gear. Um, without and, him. Yeah, without him. And, you know, they basically took his work, his engine, his, like, gameplay framework, and then, like, kind of tried to make something else out of it. But it, it's like they didn't understand that those mechanics don't quite work with that kind of gameplay. Those mechanics were specifically designed for the kind of Metal Gear Solid 5 style stealth gameplay, not for like a zombie shooter type of thing. So it's like, if there's that level of like fundamental misunderstanding of like what Metal Gear should be, it, I'm always going to be worried that it they're never going to be able to really pull it off. But I hope yeah. they can. I really hope they can. And that's one of my things where I think you're so... There's such... I, for me, there's such a very specific path to doing a remake that makes it okay because if you just if konami just comes out and like we are remaking metal gear solid 3 and we get the trailer and it, you know it's it's boss and it's big boss and we're, right. we're doing it's like 
we're all like watching the cinematic and the flower petals and we're having a great time with it. That'll be great until we get it. And then it's going to be that, Oh, there's a bunch of weird things here. Or even if it's not weird, like Hideo Kojima's silence on it would be deafening. Mm-hmm. And it would be such a bastardization mm-hmm. of his work to be like, all right, cool. We don't work with him anymore, but we've taken his story and all his characters and all the stuff. And we're remaking them, but we're making creative changes. And, and it'd be like this, like, yeah. I feel like it would be such a, there's such personal creations that it would be such a violation that I think there'd be such a snapback on the internet of like, why well, I, I don't want yeah. this. I can't do this. And then the, it's the well is poisoned. Yeah. For me, it, it depend on which studio is working on it. There's certain studios where I'm like, okay, I trust that they are like, sure. like if blue point, yeah, to make a metal. Yeah, because they, I mean, they did Demon Souls remake, and I thought they freaking nailed that. They cap, they they didn't like mess too much with the formula, but they made it look gorgeous, modernized some things. Um, Shadow Colossus remake, yep. I think, was the right kind of remake, keeping the essence of the original. So I feel like Blue Point understands what, uh, like, I think they could do good work with a Metal Gear Solid remake, a three remake, or one remake. But but the three remake is being rumored to be made by Virtuous, and I don't know much about them. So yeah. I'd be a little skeptical until I see a trailer or something. So if they license that out to the right studio, I maybe they can earn my confidence there. But it's just such a weird thing. I think for me, I'm right there with you, Yong, of mm-hmm. like the way to do this and do it right. And I've said it for a long time, and so I know I'm a broken record. And this is more when because Kojima and Konami don't get along so much. But mm-hmm. if PlayStation was able to go, all right, Konami license us the IP or make a deal with us. And what we're going to do is we're going to have blue point work on the remake and have Hideo be executive producer. That's it. It's because that's what you need is you need him. Even if it's just a rubber seal of approval, whatever, but you need it to be that like, all right, cool. Like he's not going to, this isn't, I can't imagine him having nothing to do with a remake and yeah. watching this remake happen. And then like what his reaction on Twitter would be and, or in Instagram and everything else of just like, what a nightmare yeah. situation for him to have left under such bad terms and then have, and it's like, yeah, maybe the studio is great. Maybe they're not, but it's damned if you do damned if you don't like, it's exactly. almost, I think it's similar to um, Sony bend doing golden abyss, right? Where it's like, well, guess what? You're never going to be naughty dog. And so mm-hmm. already people are going to say that uncharted golden abyss sucks. And then you have, you know, you're working behind eight ball on a new platform and yada, yada, yada. It's the same thing of Arkham origins, right? Of like, okay, cool. Well, you're not rock steady. And this mm-hmm. isn't part of their Batman trilogy, right. so it's already lesser than. And it's be the same thing here of like, well, you're making a, a Kojima game. You don't have Hideo working on it. You don't have his approval. And even yeah. if you're making something that is good, yeah, this isn't going to work for people. He needs to be there at least as like, a, you know, just an overseer of source who isn't directly involved with the project, but is kind of like consulting at least a little bit here and oh, there. Yeah. Or, you know, just like have his name attached on some level where he's at least... Uh, Able to provide like, I, don't, I don't know if, if an executive consultant has ever been a thing, but I would figure right. that, yeah, that's what he would come through and his, his role would be. Because the vibe I get from Kojima is that he doesn't want to continue working on Metal Gear. It seems like he's been trying to get out of Metal Gear ever since, like, Metal Gear, I think, like, three or mm. so. It seems like he's been trying to to wrap it up. But it was like but, Zachariah, or Zachariah, right? Where it was like, yeah, right. this is my last one. This is my last one. Well, now I've got a great idea. Now I want to do this thing. I, now I, it's I like, make more. you look at Zachariah, right? And he ha- gets to have, like, Smash Ultimate. And literally yeah. be like, this was everything, and now I'm done. And then you look mm-hmm. at Kojima and Metal Gear Solid Five, and it's like, well, I didn't even get to the last act I wanted to tell of this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Kojima but I wonder, also. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, see, I wonder how much he was burnt by Metal Gear Solid Five, also though. Like that, yeah. during that moment, you know, like I remember all the articles that were one trying to theorize what the fuck was going on between Kojima and Konami, and then the reports that were, oh yeah, they locked him in a room. Oh yeah, they just they told him no. Oh man, they have such a a bad relationship. And I wonder if there is scarring with him in the him in the franchise to some extent. I know like he still tweets 
tweets about Metal Gear. Like I remember when we were doing our Metal Gear Solid playthrough for uh, Twitch, there was like tweet. There was a tweet that I think Mike made that Kojima actually retweeted about. I think it was Metal Gear Solid Three, and so he's not totally, you know, disillusioned or whatever about the franchise. But that took a long time. That did take a while because I, I mean. When I went to RTX Australia with him, and they were like, "It's gonna," you, we're giving Greg and Hideo a two-hour-long one-on-one panel, and I was like, "Let's fucking go!" And like, we've known each other a long time, so I mean, we bullshit around, but we didn't bullshit about the panel at all. So literally on stage, I get through the preamble, yada yada, and I ask him a question about uh, Konami or whatever, and he's just like, "I don't want to talk about that." <laughs> and I was like, wow. "Are you serious? Like, we have a lot to. I can't." I can't yeah. stretch because at this point it was like two trailers for Death Stranding. I'm like, I can't stretch Death Stranding for two hours. Right, and we got right, to right. a place where he was okay talking about it, but it was very top level and it was very factual. And we went out and I was like, damn, like it wasn't a good spot for him for, for a while there, I think. Yeah. And I think yeah. now, you know, time heals all wounds and you get some distance. And I'd like to think that the people who were really horrible at him at Konami have left or whatever, but mm. I don't think it's as bad blood as it used to be. Yeah. yeah. Um, he like recently tweeted about like Metal Gear Solid 4 soundtrack and how he, how he go, goes back to it every once in a while to listen to it and how, you know, and I like retreated and said, yeah, no, it's one of the best soundtracks out there. Um, but yeah, I, I, I feel like maybe hopefully wounds are healing enough where he's willing to kind of come out of the Metal Gear shell a little bit. Uh, I know he like, uh, before MGS5 came out, um, he at one point throughout the idea of like we... Were, I, I initially had the idea of making a Metal Gear Solid story revolving around the boss in World War II, but I felt the wow. team was too young to tackle that at the time, and so we decided to go this direction. That I feel like that maybe would have been... That's the type next. of stuff I want. Like, oh, that's the yeah, type... Because yeah. I, I do... It, as far as Solid Snake slash Big Boss's story, the yeah. one game I think that's left to make for that would be connecting the dots from Metal Gear Solid 5 all the way up to Metal Gear Solid 1. Like, I know we have the Metal Gear games, but yeah. those are so old and those are classic and most people haven't played those. I think tying up the loose ends that were yes. left in 5 and then lead that in into Metal Gear Solid 1. And that could even be Metal Gear 1 and 2 remakes yeah, if they want those to be. You know, I think that would be such a strong send-off yes. for the big boss in, in the Solid Snake story. And then from there, I think branch off and, yeah, mm. tell the stories of the boss or tell stories of the other characters that are in the universe or find a new character to tell and maybe that can then in the way that greg is uh, that, that you guys are talking about like bringing in kojima to maybe work with blue point uh as in a consultant role or in some kind of like you know lead yeah. role on the project then have kojima pass the baton and be like cool this is the person that i'm letting take charge of this thing i trust them i have left them with my knowledge and have it be this he cool. needs it, he At- needs his dave filoni like george lucas did with dave filoni <laughs> yeah. he needs that level yeah. of like i'm giving you the Metal Gear Bible, essentially. Yes. 100%. And I trust this person. And if you're a fan, you should trust this person. And then they go on and they make the boss game or they make oh, the other man. games that they can make. Metal Gear, I'd call it Metal Gear Solid Zero. Like it'd be like the origin. Cause like the yeah. boss is mm-hmm. kind of where everything starts. Her death is what triggers the split between Zero and Big Boss, the interpretation She's ground of zero. The will. Yeah, she is ground zero of this whole conflict that kind of trans, you know, goes through, you know, ages and, and it becomes this whole legacy thing. So that that's like that that's my dream game, and the boss is my personal favorite character in the whole series. She's nice. such a freaking badass, and like that. And she's not explored enough. No, 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 nowhere near enough. Um, and I feel like I want to see what's what, what makes her tick, what makes her what made her who she is today. And see, that would be fa- a, a fascinating and not easy but interesting way to do this, and not offend everyone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and in the same way, I think you could get away with if you really wanted to, like. I think you could, if if I was Konami and I wanted to get back into Metal Gear and I didn't want gamers to hate me, even though I'm sure they don't care because they're getting the money, right? Like, I could easily see it being, all right, cool, like you guys were just talking about. All right, 
remake Metal Gear. Take the story of Metal Gear and let's let's start there and you start your we we take that as a jumping off point and go because you know obviously Metal Gear and Metal Gear 2 and all that that all leads to Metal Gear Solid and where we are. But since those games are so basic graphically yes. and the story story is so not basic, but we it's it's more of just a scripted thing, right? It's yes. like an, you know, it's I always call it an NES game and I know it started elsewhere, but it's just easier for me. It's <laughs> yeah. an NES game, right? Uh like I feel like that would be a great boiler point jump off. Let's go there. And then you start with those stories and make, yeah, your own metal. Mm-hmm. You build your own metal gear universe that way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there are a number of avenues Konami can pursue, but it's, it's all about that execution and yeah. you know, whether they can find the right team. And if they, I, I hope they don't do it internally. It, Cause I feel like when Konami licenses out stuff, things turn out good. Like Castlevania turning into a Netflix series that turned out great. That was amazing. I love that they did that, and we got a great show out of it, and it's continuing with, like, I think, uh, Richter, uh, Belmont, or... Yeah, mm-hmm. so so it's like, that's going well. Um, I, hopefully Silent Hill, you know, will will be successful, and I, 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 I hope Konami can, like, come back and, like, win us back. Really, that's what I want. I don't want them to... Cause they, ha- they have such treasure troves of IPs under their umbrella that... That they're wasting! That yeah. they're wasting. They're just sitting there. It's the way that I was, I don't know, a few weeks ago, uh, we were talking about Fallout with Bethesda and right. how, um, you know, they, they said that, oh, yeah, Fallout is coming after Elder Scrolls, the, the next one. And I was like, bro, that is 15 years from now. Yeah. And, like, you know, I the the point I made on that, it was a KHD with, I think it was me, Barrett, and Jane. And I was like, I don't think that's the next Fallout I play, right? I think mm-hmm. somebody's going to make a Fallout spinoff that they license out because you don't sit on an IP like that for 15 years and have it do nothing. Metal Gear Solid is, I can't, I, like, I can't believe they've been sitting on that ip for even this long right i know yeah. survive came out in what 2018 but 2018? we don't count yeah, that like that back. didn't sell metal gear numbers right so metal no. gear solid 5 came out in 2015, 2015. that's seven years that you're not making a mainline metal gear solid. do you know how many how much money you're sitting on and yeah, yeah like it's konami and they're making money elsewhere i was gonna the say their most profitable <laughs> year without it what are they and yeah that. But even still, it's like license that out. Like you, you can still totally. uh, make some revenue off of that. Uh, and and I'll again, that's the, that's the other easy avenue. It's like, yep. if it was license it out and get it to place it. Like as long as it was like not Konami making it, there'd be such yep. a dodge. And again, I'm probably getting way too wrapped up in the man. Everybody hates Konami because yeah, okay. The of the hundred percent of people that buy the the next Metal Gear game, ten. Eight percent of them know that Konami and Kojima had a bad breakup. Like, yeah, like maybe three percent. Poe's like excited for a new Metal Gear. Right. He's gonna buy a new Metal Gear. <laughs> Who would you give the next Metal Gear game to? And not talking about remake at this point, because I think we have that kind of settled, oh, right? Virtuous is probably making three, and and like if we had to choose somebody who to make another Metal Gear remake, right? Blue Point, I think, is the studio. Yeah. But when we're talking about Metal Gear Six or Metal Zero or whatever the new iteration, the new ideas for Metal Gear are, is there someone you who you'd want to take that over? That's a, pa- a great question. A Patreon uh, member over in the live chat over on patreon.com slash kind of Oh, we call them trogs. Trogs. Um, my dog Nick96, frequent write-in for things, says Yoko Taro. And I want that so bad. because that Yoko would be, Taro. That'd be interesting. That'd be dope that'd as be, hell. I think you would knock that out the park from a story perspective. Gameplay, uh, actually, you know what? I think I'd be down to see it. If you if Yoko Taro had the right team to like put together the stealth systems and like the stuff the you need details gameplay wise to make yeah. Metal Gear click, I would really enjoy seeing that. Because Yoko Taro I think philosophically has a lot of really fascinating ideas yes. that I could see overlapping with Metal Gear in a really cool way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Nier Automata was as good as it was because they went with Platinum to do the gameplay. Yokotaro was the mastermind of the story. Yes. But like you play the original Nier, Nier, uh, it's just Replicant, called Nier actually. Just yeah, Replicant, yeah, yeah. 
like the like, like it's I love the story, but the gameplay was just so bland, and it, it, he just that's the area where he falters. It's he, the gameplay yeah. he just doesn't know how to really fully develop. So if he could get a studio that specializes in, in stealth and and like him be kind of the the overseer of the the plot and all these things, it could be fascinating. Like he'd take this in a weird weird place. Like if there's one person who thinks you know weirder than Kojima, it's Yoko Taro. You know what I mean? Like he, he goes one thousand places. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think that'd be an interesting match. Um, God, who who else though? Man? It, it's so hard to think about who could actually totally. It's interesting too because you know you, you bring up like he'd take it interesting places and make it weird and blah blah. And it's like what defines Metal Gear, right? And every and everybody plays these games get gets caught up on something different. Whether it's the stealth action, whether it's the story, whether it's the weirdness, whether it's the max, you know, and like who has got that all under wraps? Like who can you point to and not be like, oh, this is perfect? I would be. Fa- I don't think this is ever going to happen, but I'd be fascinated to see what Naughty Dog could do. That with was that. the answer I was going to give. Because they yeah. could add what they do so well is like the nuances and the dialogue and the performances. And that, Metal Gear lacks some nuance. It's very like in your face, you know what I mean? And if like if you could add that, the right? The Lululu. Before we engage in this boss battle, let me tell you my backstory and tell you about the philosopher's <laughs> legacy. Kuwabara, Kuwabara. Um, yeah, I, I think Naughty Dog could add that nuance, and they have done some stealth. Ga- like Last of Us is Last of Us Part Two, man, crawling through the tall grass, coming up yeah. on as Ellie, choking people. Survival, out. you know, it's yeah. like there's a Western, there. a Western-made Metal Gear Solid would be very fascinating. It would be fascinating. Um, can would they go like? Because Metal Gear has to have some element of that, like Kojima weirdness, craziness in there too, though. Can Naughty Dog kind of do their own version of that? alongside the new i don't even know like at that point i don't know but i think it would have to be something different like i i think the boss story being done by naughty dog could be so Mm -hmm. fast could be really fascinating because at that point right you're going back into time you are probably like what maybe 15 years before metal gear solid 3 yeah uh, i'd imagine and you're having maybe it is young snake being trained up by i forget if he was trained up as big boss was trained up by the bo- oh no he was that was the, the whole boss, story boss. Yeah. yeah so yeah you have you have <laughs> i don't uh, know if they knew each other <laughs> I, I forget what their relationship was i forget that was their whole relationship um but you have that right you could even have like because ocelot is always all over these metal gear games yeah ocelot is what is the actual one i was thinking of, of i forget when they split toddler ocelot is it yeah he's, <laughs> oh, no, he's there <laughs> he's there and you know they love to do that shit at least uh, kojima loves to do that shit yeah um but i'll i think that would have such a different en- energy to it that I think you could get away with Naughty Dog doing it and giving yeah. it the Naughty Dog flair and have it feel like a thing that yeah, doesn't yeah. feel inappropriate for what the story is. And I mean, when you look at the boss's backstory, you hear about how uh, she gave birth to Ocelot in the middle of war. She, she had like a C-section. Yeah. That's how she got that scar. And like, like I don't know, it'd be fascinating to see like how they get to that point and how they make that, I don't know, thematically and symbolically and thematically like relevant to everything else, whatever the story could end up being. Uh, I think Naughty Dog could do something really interesting with that, but Na- I don't yeah, Naughty Dog's like too busy. Always, exactly, for always sure. the shoe in. I think for anything right. you're like dream project wise, that you want to see them do sure. at least around here, right? And the, and I'm right there with you, yeah. Especially with what we just talked about of, of, of the story of the boss of the her giving birth in the battlefield of all that happening, like mm-hmm. yeah, that would be incredible. And if it was like obviously the hyper realized Last of Us yeah. Part Two gameplay and visuals and acting yeah, and, and everything else with their stuff, man. Yeah, but here's here's one for you, and this is very different from everything we just talked about in terms of what we're looking for and why, but we're trying to figure out how to do metal gear, who to give it to, who to, who can get away with stuff and do it right. And quote unquote. Right. Mm. And so obviously I think that think of it episodically, 
or maybe even chapter by chapter, right? Obviously, there's a backbone overarching for whatever the story they're trying to tell, but it really is about sending boss, big boss, solid snake, whoever it is, whoever our protagonist is going to be, you know, riding, it goes on, out on missions, right? And so it is very much like you're starting the mission, your objectives to go through and do this stuff. Not like short VR missions, there's story and there's beats there, but it's not even necessarily the backbone isn't showing up like in your face as you go. It is very much like episodes of 24 or whatever as you go mm. and do it. And what if IO Interactive was making it? Like, I think mm. IO doing a thing that wasn't like I, they, they would need help probably with the story. And I'm not yeah. trying to talk shit about IO Interactive at all, whatever. Right. But I think if you went and put a giant thing on them and had it had it be like, cool, you are going out on missions. You are. This is we're filling in the backstory of, you know, yeah. Jack. We're filling in who, you know, whatever that you're going out and doing these Metal Gear missions that will eventually lead to a big Metal Gear fight, of course. And but maybe even lead to smaller bosses as you go through and do this. But it is about stealthing. It is about sneaking. Yeah. It is about, you know, actually getting out there. IO specializes in sandbox stealth gameplay where yeah. it's like it, it's you got all these tools. What do you want to do? Do whatever you want. What do you want to start? Do you want to start here? Do you want to start here? What tools do you want to bring with you? And and yeah, I, I guess their specialty has been like the, the replayability. Like Hitman is not a like the, the latest Hitman trilogy. It's, those are not long games. It's more of like what you continue sure. to unlock and makes you think of like, oh, I want to try this now with this level. Um and in that sense, like very MGS five esque, where like you keep upgrading Mother Base and unlocking all these new tools, and you kind of want to maybe like replay a mission to see like, okay, now I got this like sniper rifle yep. that I didn't have back then. What can I do with that? So uh, that gameplay, you're trying to go back be... and S rank those missions, like we yeah, all did. exactly, exactly, yeah. yeah. So it, it, I could see it. Yeah, yeah. I think they would need help on 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 story and stuff. That's one area where um, like they're they're not terrible at it. It's just like it's just fine. I don't know. It's not yeah. only the, yeah, they're not terrible at it. I don't think their games before have called for it. So yeah, exactly. you're, I really, you really don't know what chops they have in it because exactly. obviously it's just been. I got, to, I got to the end of Hitman 3 and they were doing some like really intense story stuff with like flashbacks and like visions of like what's going on, <laughs> what's been going on okay. for all the, the three Hitman, Hitman games. Yeah. And as I was going through it, I was like, I don't remember a thing. I don't recall right. any of this. And I played all the I played every single level of Hitman uh, one through three. And I was like, I don't fucking know. I'm not. This story is, has never grabbed me in that way. Yeah. With Kojima, it's like everything is just thematically relevant. The characters are there for a specific reason. And it's all. Like sometimes they they hammer on the themes a little too much, but but it's not just like there's this big conspiracy, you know, un uncover the whatever. It, it's like there's a message behind every yeah. Metal Gear game, and like, also like every crumb is something in the, in yes. the Kojima games. You know, like that I was going through it. I was right before this. I was listening to a, a recap of all of Metal Gear. I only made it halfway. I made it up until like modern Metal <laughs> right. Gear, but it was <laughs> it was starting from a bit before three, all the way up until um, the end of Metal Gear Solid Five, mm -hmm. and there are so many different names and organizations and characters and connections between characters that are thrown out there that i like i forgot yeah. about and i forget how important they are like the, yeah. they started talking about actually I, I listened a little bit past halfway because they they brought up philanthropy at one point and i was like fuck yeah philanthropy was a thing and that was just Melior solid 2 right for like i'm not even that maybe a part of Melior solid 2 where they talk about um solid snake and and um Otacon coming together and trying to wipe out all the metal gears and that being their thing and it's like Dude, that is one organization, let alone the the Patriots, let alone mm -hmm. the like the number like, XOF, Fox, the Cobra yep. unit, like the list goes on. Fox Hound. Uh, yeah. Fox Hound. Like there's so many different things to uh, uh, to attach yourself to it with lore wise and Metal Gear. And yeah. it's all very fascinating stuff. It is. And having finding somebody who can do that or finding a team that could do that in story yeah. and narrative 
Oh, that's difficult. That's and that's tough. the thing again, where you, we all grab different parts of it. And I feel like you know, I, I, I and it, we all wear the hat differently, and especially you know, Tamar Hussein or whatever. Of like, oh, I'm a Metal Gear super fan, and what that means to you is different than everything else. But it was like, uh, what last week, two weeks ago? Here, I'm looking. Yeah, two weeks ago, I tweeted out, "I'll never fry an egg and not think of Metal Gear Solid 4." And yep. Dan Reichert responded, "Goes, I think of Metal Gear Solid 4 every time I'm transporting transporting the convulsing corpse of my former U.S. president clone <laughs> brother, disguises the corpse of my clone dad across Europe until a vampire sh- throws him in a boat fuel fire." And I'm like, I remember I was reading that. I'm like, that did fucking happen. I don't even yep. like it. That is that, real. That is a real thing point. that happened in this God game damn. series. Right. Fuck. My, my answer to the question of who I would give it to, I, I kind of go back to what we're, what we're talking about with Silent Hill, with the rumors that you have these different studios working on different versions of this. For, in, in my head, the this mer- version of Metal Gear would be more so like the, hey, let's find a smaller developer, give them the IP, and let's see how they go crazy with it. And my answer there would be Suda51. Like I want to see, I'd like to see what Suda Fifty One would do with a, hey, make a smaller Metal Gear that is yeah. separate, that you know people aren't judging as a mainline thing, but take it, go wild with it, because I think the thing that I love Suda Fifty One for is how he tackles characters. No More Heroes mm. in particular has such a good True. cast of villains, right? The whole point of the game is that you are playing as Travis touch, Touchdown, yeah. uh, working his way through the rankings of the top 10 assassins right. in the world. And each assassin has their own personality. They have their own gimmick. They have their own rant, rants they go on. They do the thing where, at least in No More Heroes 1, they call you up right before the boss battle. Or not them, but like um, the French lady calls you up right before the boss battle and goes on like basically like a poem of like talking about the oh this is the garden of chaos or whatever the fuck and then you hang up and then you go into the boss fight and it has those rituals that you'd expect out of a oh you beat a boss they go on the spiel about their backstory like in Metal Gear Solid 4 <laughs> like Suda does that kind of stuff in his games and yeah. him tackling a let's say it's a, a Raiden story taking place between two and four of like how you get to robot Raiden and he's ta- he's uh, he's facing off against a new villain unit that we've never heard of. Mm. I would love to see Suda 51's take That'd on Metal awesome. Gear. I, I, that's a great pitch. Yeah. I, I hope to, one of my like dream gameplay scenarios for Metal Gear Solid 6 or 0, if it's focused on the boss, would be you, it, the Metal Gear Solid 5 buddy system where you bring along like D Dog or Quiet. Yeah. I thought that was so incredibly well done where it gives you this additional tool to, you know, do you want to have a sniper on the side who can, like, shoot a guy while you shoot another guy? Do you want to have D-Dog there to, like, stealth his way and, like, take one guy out while you take another guy out? But and but expand upon that with the Cobra unit in Metal Gear Solid 6, where you have the end, who's the sniper. You got uh, the pa- the pain, who the weirdo dude. You got the, 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 the pain is, oh, wait, the pain is, who's the guy with the bees? That's the pain. The pain, yeah. that's the pain, yeah. He, uh, shoots bees or whatever, I don't know, distracts <laughs> enemies that way. I don't know, you could use each Cobra unit specific specialities to oh, like strategize, like and to command them on the fly while you as the boss kind of go in there and, and do your thing. Like, I don't know. It, that would be you, incredible. Like, you mean like in a Mega Man way where you beat the boss and then you get get their ability? No, I mean like in the sense of like actually like being able to command the Cobra unit. Same way you could command oh, the buddies in Metal Gear Solid 5. Yeah, or, like not necessarily Exxon, but like more like live gameplay. Like in Metal Gear Solid 5, you could literally like bring up the wheel and then tell Quiet to shoot the guy. And then yeah. and then you'll hear oh, her like okay. do a little singing and then she'll shoot and then you can shoot the other guy. You can literally like coordinate with your buddy 
But if like if you expand that with the Cobra unit's abilities, I don't know, could that? Would, yeah, I would have happy tears if they made that game that you're talking about, like a Metal yeah. Gear Solid Three from maybe the boss's perspective. And it is, yeah. hey, here's like you get to partner up with the end and like man, yeah. how the end takes out his enemies. That would be I fuck. Mean, I would love. That would be my favorite game of all time. Yeah, right, right. So like, if, if if there's a studio out there who specializes in that that kind of like being able to control your squad members kind of thing, that'd be. Oh, they had that in Far Cry, right? Have Ubisoft? Well, that's maybe not true, Ubisoft, right? Maybe, the, but... the animals or whatever, and yeah, your little buddy. Far Cry Five, yeah. So I don't know. That that's like my personal dream scenario. And a studio who could tackle that would uh, would certainly gain my praise. When you're bringing, just in general for everything, talking about what are the likelihood that David Hayter comes back? I don't think it's it's a small chance. I think it, there's a good chance he'll come yeah. back. I think it really depends on the project and the scope. That's true. And like, yeah. you're starting you know, from scratch. No, no way. Sure, if you're sure, actually sure. doing a remake that you want to try yeah. to be as faithful as in, and try to get people on your side. Sure. Yeah. yeah. If, if they're branching off and starting, you know, starting their own soft reboot and like introducing a new character. Yeah. Then, you know, he's out, but has there been word from him about like how he feels regarding coming back? Cause I know like with five, they replaced him with Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah. yeah and yeah. that didn't go, go super well with the audience. No. Um, and I don't know. I, I forget if there was any quotes from him being like, "Oh man, I wanted to do that." <laughs> but they oh, like, no, there I, was. Oh, there was hell of drama about it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I do remember him though. Like, I don't remember when, but I, I think it was fairly recent. Saying like, "No, like I, I would come back if I, if I, if I got the offer." It's not like I have hmm. so much bad blood surrounding it that like I'm like, "Fuck snake, I'm done with this." He's, he still like does. It, he does like the uh, not Fiverr. Maybe it is Fiverr. Like the the cameos. He does the cameos as Snake, right? Yeah, he still yeah. does. Uh, so he has like, like some connection with the character still. Like he, he it seems like he likes playing that character. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the the claps of my ass cheeks keeps eluding guards or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have seen that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's like he still like loves like doing the character. So it, I he, I don't feel like he'd resent coming back just because of that past drama and. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. That that whole situation was weird. Because I there, there are elements of Kiefer that I did like. Um, so I don't... Uh, but the way I Kojima handled it, it's just the way he just didn't even the, like... The the marketing of it, yeah. I, I don't know how you get around around like the nature of yeah. Kiefer Sutherland and Metal Gear Solid 5. Like, it's, yeah. it's tough because he will have such that, 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 that connection of David Hayter to Snake. And yeah. it's hard to be like, nah, man, like, just trust us. Like, this is mm -hmm. gonna work out. You know, because, like, he, I thought it was fine. Like, every yeah. time he opened mouth, I w it was a little bit weird. But yeah. also, he was silent the whole game. Like, he wasn't yeah, saying exactly. much. You didn't really need David Hayter in that role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's, it's such a... I hated it. Period. Mm -hmm. Like, I like it's like, I get it, and I, I want everybody to have the creative freedom and whatever the hell they want to do. Yada, I, I yada, get yada. it, too. But, like, yeah. as a fan, and as, like, being that deep into Metal Gear for that long, yeah, and, be, like, when that got announced, it was like, what? And then the fact that it was bad, and it wasn't it wasn't pretty on, you know, to hear from David Hayter's perspective, and yada, yada, yada. And then, of course... You finish the game, spoilers, right? Like it's not Snake, so it's like, oh, yeah, right. or it's you know, it's not, it's not Big Boss, it's not Naked Snake. You're like, oh, okay, but it's like the way the entire thing happened, it was so clear that like Kojima had never told <laughs> David Hayter, yeah. like, hey, mm -hmm. it's actually not you, so that's why I'm not doing it. But I won't say that yeah. so we can put. Yeah. Like it was, it was very much like he just finds out he's not this character, and he was like, yeah. Oh, that's but, but how, but even how then, much of of it felt like it was written around just wanting to get. Keith or suffer get like, I think a Hollywood it, actor in there. You know, I think that was more of it. I don't yeah. think it was a choice on uh, Kojima's part that he was like, you know what, I'm going to do this whole swerve because it's you know not actually him. I don't think that was it. I think it was that I can do this and I, I, I you know, I want to work with uh, 
more established voice talent and all these different things and not yeah. they weren't in the same place they were when they did metal gear solid yeah i think I, it not being big boss kind of gave, gave him the opportunity to like kind of get away with it easier as opposed to like then, if it was truly big boss yeah it, you, you might have a harder time justifying replacing david hater yeah but here's the thing big boss does show up at the right. end of the game and he's yeah. voiced by Kiefer. so it's like if david you know came in just for That's like a, a couple lines i mean that would have been true killer. That would have that would have done it for me. That, that, that would have justified it. But the fact that it's all still ultimately key for even Big Boss, I'm like, all right. So they just, yeah, it, yeah. it was just, yeah, it what was a wild reveal taste. that was. <laughs> it, yeah, yeah. I, part of me, I, part of me was like a little hype because I am a fan of Kiefer. Like I was a huge fan of 24 growing up and stuff like that. So like there was an element of me that's like that's kind of cool. But there was the other side of me was like, but it's David Hater is Snake. Like it just, there's just unquestionable. Uh, uh, that's just an unquestionable thing. Like he's just you can't imagine anyone else playing the part like Kiefer really didn't feel a hundred percent like snake to me. Um, mm -hmm. He did a good job with what he had with the, For sure. but he wasn't snake. And even as big boss, he didn't really feel like big boss um, because it's, that's fair. There's just such a specific cadence and voice to who snake is. And David haters, the only one who can really like fully deliver Metal that a hundred percent. Colonel. Yeah. I asked the audience yeah. on patreon.com slash kind of funny games what they want from the future of Metal Gear, and I was shocked by the answers because <laughs> they oh. weren't like they weren't what you they uh, I'd normally expect, right? Uh, my dog Nick 96 from Massachusetts wrote in and said, first off, free Metal Gear Solid 4 from prison, whether that's through PlayStation Plus extra premium services or a native remaster for the current hardware. It's a great point. It's ridiculous yeah. that you yeah. still can't play that game. And now, like, now you really you can't could, play like it. a month ago. That's the thing. Like, we played it through PS Now. That's how we streamed it for my first time and then through this new ps plus thing they it's not there anymore like they they lost that oh, that deal yeah. or whatever so, so that's ah it's so we did the kfgd there was like a, a story a month ago where uh playstation on, on playstation blog put out the list of games on the premium service and it wasn't a full list but on kfgd we were like oh I, I don't think metal gear solid 4 is gonna be on here i think metal gear solid 4 is not gonna be played well on modern consoles anymore yeah uh and people were like Ah, oh, you're freaking out. Don't, yeah, don't everybody get doubted me when I was like, "You're not going to get the same list of PS3 games that you did on PS Now as you as you're going to get." And they're like, "No, Barry, it's going to be the same exact service." No, motherfuckers. No. <laughs> they lied. Lo and behold, you. yeah, no, I it, it sucks, and I think the hope, <laughs> and this like I don't know, like I I think the, the hope is really placed in um uh just like everybody feeling lost right now in terms of what to do with their emotions. Like the hope is that you get Metal Gear Solid 4 in some kind of Metal Gear Solid collection. Like Simba Jones. Yeah. Right. Send to patreon.com slash kind of funny games. Oh. It says as someone who has not played any Metal Gear Solid 5 besides any Metal Gear Solid besides 5. People tell me it's the worst one story wise. I would like to a way to download and play the series on my PS5. Do we think that this is in the foreseeable future, either through ports, remasters or remakes? What's preventing these games from coming forward or does Sony not see or why doesn't Sony seem to care? I bet Sony cares because they'd like to get the money off it. It's Konami. And the fact yeah. that they're not re-upped on this PlayStation Now deal or whatever for streaming Metal Gear Solid 4 gives me hope. Yeah. That yes, they are like, you know what? How do we do this? We're going to remake 3, <laughs> but we can't piss off everybody, but we can't have Kojima. All right, hold on. We will put out the ultimate collection. All the yeah. Kojima games in one thing, ready to go on regular console, on normal consoles, and then also we will start our own thing. And that, the classics yeah. are there, and you can play them wherever you want to. But also, here you go. Th I there hope are, so, man. There are rumors that, um, like, it's the same Video Games Chronicle article that talked about uh, the Silent Hill stuff and the Metal Gear Solid remake stuff. Like, they also said we also heard that they are planning to remaster all of the 
previous games into like you know uh, current generation consoles and stuff so i feel like it's it, that's also a, a matter of when not if um i feel like that's definitely happening at some point uh, i don't know how long it'd take and especially like if they're planning to include four in that collection they'd really have to because you know the whole it's just so it's such an incompatible game because of the whole cell processor and how just just architecturally yeah. different and there's like just a lot of stuff that's very ps3 specific in that yeah. game like in turn like the transition from chapter to chapter i remember vividly right. the loading screens of like snakes smoking yeah <laughs> you're seeing yeah, the playstation go. 3 loading thing i don't no, think they had that on playstation now things. though right like bear you didn't see those when we were doing the playthrough what the like I'm usually bet between chapters there would be mm. like a an installation screen of smoke of a uh, snake, old snake smoking a cigar. Oh, and the game will be like, take a break or whatever. Like, it'll yeah, just say I don't, I don't think it had those. So maybe that maybe that's not as big of an issue. But yeah, mm -hmm. there are definitely. But aside from that, there are still a lot of built-in like, no, this is made for the PS3. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, type stuff in there that they would have to work around. There's even a joke where, oh, Snake, swap swap out the disc. Wait a minute, we're on PlayStation Three. We don't need to do that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and they had like a lot of iPod stuff in there too that I forgot oh, yeah. about. Right. Then I'm sure they could not, they probably have to take out that licensing. Right, right. Yeah, they've done it before. Remember, I've seen how when all the stuff goes from Mountain Dews or whatever to just being regular ass drinks and all that oh, stuff. Oh, and Death Stranding. Like the, oh, yeah, it was Monster, Monster Energy drink and then it became yeah. just generic. You know, that was a jump scare for me because I didn't know that happened. And so I started playing it on Steam Deck and uh, Norman Reedus sits down by his bed and you see the, the cans and I'm like, Where's the where's the monster? <laughs> I like the monster. I need Bring my monster. monster. <laughs> yeah, I need my monster. I don't want this fucking Bridges energy drink. Yeah, whatever. Out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan Paula Higgins writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games just like you can and says I'd love to see a VR Metal Gear Solid the first person's perspective of Metal Gear Solid would suit VR the pressure of hiding inside boxes while being chased would be brilliant also having a Metal Gear Solid HUD in VR would be amazing I would love to yeah that's an experiment I'd love to see somebody take on I think that could be fascinating uh, VR is great for stealth games uh and yeah, there's that immersion factor of just actually being there. VR missions. Yep. Uh, in, in and that's VR. another way. How do we you know? <laughs> how do we make more money from Metal Gear without offending every oh VR missions? Right. VR, mission. VR missions, sure. Yeah. Um yeah, no, I'd be super down for that. Uh but as long as you give it to the right studio who knows, like exactly, understand yeah. the gameplay yeah. and all that yeah. stuff, yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's it. That's what we think is next for Metal Gear Solid. What? Something nobody knows what, but exactly. <laughs> I, I, I believe the rumors that they're working on remakes. I believe that Konami wants to make as much. I mean, yes. they're doing NFTs of Castlevania, right? Like, and everything else, like, they right. they want to make money off this IP and they're not going to yeah. sit on it forever. Yeah, 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 um, license it out. That's the best course, give of it action. To me. yeah, give it to someone who can do it. Justice. Uh, Speaking of making money, ladies and gentlemen, we have a site called patreon.com slash kind of funny games on patreon.com slash kind of funny games. You can go there, kick us a few bucks, get each and every episode of the show's ad free. You can get them with the exclusive post show we do. You can be watching them live as we record them, just like my dog, Nick 96, Omega Buster and Josh 494 are. Of course, though, you might not be able to go to Patreon. and We understand that. That just means you have to hear from our sponsors. And speaking of here, they are. This podcast is brought to you by something Tim literally uses every day. AG1. Tim's birthday is June 30th, and he decided to give himself the gift of taking care of his body with AG1. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things! Tim mixes AG1 with his water, loves the 
taste and says he's feeling better than ever. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews, and Athletic Greens is a climate-neutral certified company. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills or supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash kindoffunny. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash kindoffunny to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance. Blessing, what's happening this week in PlayStation? Let's start off with some Horizon show news. Uh, the crew for Sony's Horizon 2074 TV show includes the boys and expands talent. I'm pulling from Tom Ivan at Video Games Chronicle. The first details about the crew working on Sony's upcoming Horizon TV adaptation have been revealed. As spotted by journalist Jeff Grubb, a list of crew members attached to the project was posted on the Directors Guild of Canada, Ontario's website. The list contains 27 names, including first assistant director Jack Boehm of The Boys, Resident Evil, and Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City, and art director Michelle Brady of The Expanse in Saw 2. Sony announced in May that it was working on a TV adaptation of Horizon, which will stream on Netflix. Quote, the show, as pitched right now, is called Horizon 2074, and it'll split its time between the timeline you see in the games and the timeline of when things begin to fall. Uh, this, is Jeff Grubb, this is what Jeff Grubb claimed in a recent Giant Bomb video show. Quote, the idea th is that this is, is not a reboot or a remake or sort of reimagining of the game's storyline. It will take place parallel and sort of explain other elements that happened in the game. End quote. Interesting. Right? Huh. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Oh, that's a ringing endorsement. I don't know how I feel about that one. Like, I, I, I was looking forward to this to being, like, maybe a, a retelling. I did not think that this would be, like, an additive. Oh, here's more lore like that takes place in the, yeah. sa in the same universe. Like, Yong, how does that strike you? Huh. I mean, there's so much you can do with the Horizon lore. Like, if you know about, you know, the whole Gaia AI system. And I'm, mm -hmm. there's so many, like, regions in the world. And it'd be interesting to see, like, what other other regions are going through uh, what their struggles are um yeah I, I, this, this feels like it had to be like super high budget i mean horizon especially after uh forbidden 2074 what what why is it called 20, is it you assume that's where they're gonna go through that's it'll be set in that future where elizabeth is doing all this stuff i have the timeline oh. pulled up and shit really starts to go fucking down in the 2065 2066 area right now huh so 2074 would be like sort of building up towards the, the events. It might, of... it might be like the last days for humanity. Yeah. yeah where, where they're, okay. they're still like living uh, underground and stuff like that. Like once they've locked themselves away. Because they're because uh, okay. that's like one of the incidents, right? Is that Elizabeth yeah. leaves um, one of those facilities to go like essentially sacrifice herself and like plug up a hole right. wherever she is. So yeah. that, okay. That could be interesting. Um, like the kind of the in between of what happened between like between the the games and 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 the origins that they kind of hint at or, or uh kind of uh, present to the audience in the games yeah kind of having that chunk really kind of focusing on that and the 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 struggle until the end before the new beginning that could be fascinating i i would be actually into that idea yeah i am super into the fall of humanity 
So if it is a show that like I again I don't understand the time. When, you, when for... you say you're super into the fall of humanity, you mean like generally or in Horizon? No, oh, in I mean overall. Game. I mean overall. So overall. <laughs> I mean, I mean don't get me wrong. I'm not stoked falling. to be living in it. It sucks to be living in it. <laughs> like that's not the best. But like I am interested in it every day when I wake up and I go closer. We're closer. That's great. Yep. In there. That's good news. That's great news. Mm-hmm. Um, no, in the game for sure. Uh, you know, watching Elizabeth and and uh, uh, Ted Farrow and all that, and like I think. I, again, I don't know how much to get hung up on the 2047 bit because I, I wouldn't want it to be like shit's already happened and they're underground. I think it'd be way cooler if it was them and the intrigue in between her and Ted and like them do it. And then the program starts to spiral out of control and then yeah, you know, yeah, that realization yeah. of this. And then they are launching the arc and they're doing all this different stuff trying to figure it out. Like that'd yeah. be fun, if not horribly depressing. Yeah, they like touch upon that, but they don't really, we don't really get to see exactly how everything played out. We kind of have the beats, but we don't have mm-hmm. like the. The deep dive into it and a deep dive into that i think actually could be additive for the games and could make for a fascinating show so i'm actually i'd, I'd be excited for that depending on like who's who's making it and like uh who's who's on board um but i mean you said talent from the boys and the expanse right yeah uh, are, i mean that the boys okay, that show yeah the, and i don't know if you've seen the expanse it's I'm awesome. not seeing the expanse. Oh man, you need to watch it. It's it's so good. It, it's like, it seems like it had the right energy if you're transitioning yeah. from that to Horizon, right? Yeah, absolutely. So you know what? I'm 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 hopeful actually about this. This seems really cool. And again, it's that interesting thing that we always go back and forth with. Where uh, do I want to see the same stories retold? Do I want? I, you know, video game did it so well. That person, that actor, or, you know, actually Birch's Aloy. Blah, 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 what are we gonna do with that? It's an interesting take to be like, all right, cool. We're not gonna do that. At least that's what Jeff Grubbs, you know, uh, indicating, right? That like, okay, cool. It's going to be something that's additive to the story and not, you know, is running in a parallel to it. That's an interesting thing. It could be obviously done incredibly poorly and not work at all. And yada, yada, yada. It could not be interesting. It's, you know, also a weird one of like, we have Horizon and people are watching this show. Like, I want to play this game. And you pick it up. Like, yeah. Why? Why am I this redheaded (laughs) lady fighting? Where's the bit? (laughs) (laughs) It's a different direction from like the Last of Us HBO show, which is kind of a retelling of Last of Us 1, which is also getting a remake. And, you know, it's they're really like re redoing Last of Us one over and over again. I feel uh, I love I love Last of Us one, though. It's also like one of my favorite games. Uh, but man, um, yeah, I, I, but also like I guess they've said, I think that they're not just copying the game. Uh, they are branching off a little bit and kind of doing their own thing with it. So who knows? Um, maybe maybe it'll be something fascinating in its own right. But yeah, this this the fact that this is additive and something actually different and not just. Let's just retell the, the the story of a game that we already know. Kind of makes me a little mm. more excited for this, actually. Well, we start off this episode talking a little bit about PC. Let's talk. About, let's talk more about PC with story number two. Uh, Sony is continuing to double down in the PC space. This comes from an article from Shannon Lau at Washington Post. Sony Electronics is launching a gaming gear brand called Inzone, aimed at PC gamers. The company announced its new brand on Tuesday with two 27-inch monitors and three variations of gaming headphones. Quote, we're entering the gaming gear industry with monitors and headsets at an exciting time. Since gaming and esports have gotten even more popular over the last few years, uh, that is Kazuo Ki, Sony president of home entertainment and sounds products. And that's what they told Washington Post. Quote, we're we're leveraging Sony's high-quality display and audio technologies to deliver products that will allow gamers to immerse themselves into their gaming world, end quote. Admitted latecomers to the PC market, Sony plans to win players over over through competitively priced products. Sony plans to sell an $899 4K resolution monitor with 144Hz refresh rate available this summer and uh, a $529 1080p monitor with a 240Hz refresh rate coming later this year. 
While Sony hopes to woo PC gamers, it hasn't left PS5 users behind. Aesthetically, the monitors and headsets are designed to blend in with the PS5 should users happen to own one. The two monitors work with the PS5, which will optimize screen colors once connected. The monitors also have a, switch, have a switcher feature, allowing users to connect a single keyboard, mouse, and headset to a PC and PS5 at the same time and switch between the two. Greg Miller, how do you feel about this leaning into the PC space? Go get paid, Sony. I, you know, it's, it's one of those definitely things where it's you know it's a Sony overall thing that affects PlayStation, obviously because of the PlayStation integration you mentioned there and yada yada yada. But it's like so outside of my wheelhouse of like you know, you you know how I am of like whatever headset I pick up is the headset I'll use. I don't know. I plug it, man. I don't. I don't have much. I I am the guy who's just using the PlayStation Five dongle headset, right? I'm just like, all right, this works for me. This gets the job done. It's good for playing Fortnite or whatever. I'm not the counting the pixels and doing the things, but. It'll be more interesting, I guess, of like, I feel as an outsider who has so many friends who play PC games that the market is kind of dominated, right? By you know your Razors or whatever, uh, your uh, Logitechs. Like, I feel like there's already so many people entrenched in there when it comes to headsets, when it comes to gaming monitors. Like, is Sony going to come in and be able to throw in such awesome stuff that it's able to get people over there? Is that, you know, the 899 4K monitor a great deal? I don't know. Yon, do you know? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, for me, it, it kind of makes, I mean, Sony's been investing more in the PC landscape with, you know, just releasing uh, PlayStation exclusive games on PC and stuff like that. So I guess they're just like trying to just double down on that with on the hardware space as well. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm not too familiar with like Sony hardware, I've uh, you know, outside of the console stuff. So yeah, the, what the output has to be, you know, comparable, if not better than what the com- competition is doing if they want to kind of make a name for themselves in what is a saturated market. So yeah, th- there'd have to be something about their products that's just like higher quality, just just I don't know, whatever that might be, whatever form that might take. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I'd be interested to follow what uh, kind of hardware they're, they'll put out there. Yeah. Plus, we plus young. We don't need it. Right, we have Steam Decks. They're handheld. They got Steam. <laughs> right. I don't need All it. Right. <laughs> but God, what if I you want to cancel out the really loud fan on your Steam Deck? I mean, I wear headphones with it anyway. Yeah. Yeah, are they I'm not hearing that enough. Okay. Michael Hyman in the other room is hearing the fan. I'm not hearing <laughs> that. <laughs> uh, and then we got one more for you. We got PS Plus games announced for July. Uh, we're getting Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time for PS4 and PS5. The Dark Pictures Anthology, Man of Madon for PS4. And then Arcadegeddon for PS5 and PS4. Arcadegeddon, I'm looking forward to. It's one that that's the Ilfana game that they announced or they released in early access last year. Played a little bit of it, had fun with, and kind of I like leaned off it because I was like, all right, let me wait until the final product because this seems like it has a lot it still needs to do to polish up. But I like the idea of it being this co op third person action shooter roguelite, kind of similar to Returnal or Risk of Rain, but doing its very own like Fortnite style like lean in lean into the fun aspects of it, lean into like having it be this this ongoing experience of it. I think arcade again looks really cool. Oh, Greg, were you, I forget. Did you try out Manamadon? Yeah. Is that your shit? No, it was not. Remember, this is the, the for me personally, this is the weakest of the Dark Pictures anthology, the weakest of Supermassive games. So when I saw this, I was actually bummed because I wow. think Supermassive does such great work with the quarry. You know, we just did our House of Ashes, uh, Joey's first playthrough. I've played it before. It's my favorite one from Supermassive. And even Little Hope, I thought, was better than Manamadon. So it was very much one of those of like, mm-hmm. if you're going to put one out there, and I understand that you want to make your money off it, and your Namco Bandai, you're just gonna, or Bandai Namco, you're going to put it out there. But I was like, oh, no. Like it, I'm sure so many people have heard us and everybody else and their friends talk about like, oh, man, the Corey. Oh, man, Supermassive makes such cool horror games. Like, Great. And they're going to sit down and play this and be like, this shit sucks. It what are you guys terrible. talking about? I'm like, no, don't give them this one. 
put until dawn back out i know it was already free probably a million times but come on uh, I, I haven't played Crash Bandicoot 4 yet, actually. Oh. So this comes at just the right time. Perfect. Um, because it's it, really good. It is the best Crash Bandicoot uh, game. Yeah. 100%. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I, I've heard good things about it. Um, but yeah, I haven't played Crash in just a while. So I, this is a good excuse to dive back, finally. Well, now it's time for PlayStation Picks. This is where we talk about what's coming out this week, and we talk about what we've been playing this week. Uh, to start off with the drop this week, we got Disgaea 6 Complete for PS5 and PS4. That's Tuesday, June 28th. DNF Duel for PS5 and PS4, Tuesday, June 28th. Phobia St. Dinfa Hotel, uh, or Dif- Dinfna, that must be a typo. Uh, that's coming out for PS5 <laughs> and PS4 on Tuesday. It's an N and an F and an N. That's no, there's no way that's true. Uh, Tuesday, June 28th. Uh, this one looks interesting, right? It's no, first... it's, it's, not a, it's not a spelling. It's mistake. not a typo? No, because that's what it actually says right here in the YouTube <laughs> video. St. Din- Din- Dinfna. Dinfna. No. Uh... Wait, maybe I might have. No, yeah, that's I exactly he's what missed... it's Oh, no, yeah. There it is. Yeah, Dinfna. This is bad marketing. Bad marketing for a hotel. Uh, but yeah, Fulvia, yeah, that's coming to PS5 and PS4. Uh, this game looks interesting. It's a first-person uh, horror game. Uh, the description says, explore a decadent hotel across different timelines and uncover the dark history of a fanatical cult and your role in their plans. And so if you're a big horror fan, this is the one to keep an eye on. St. Dinfna Hotel. Blessing my eye is on it. I'll let you know. Thank you. Thank you, Greg. appreciate it. Uh, we also got Cuphead, the delicious last course. Uh, that is out for PS4 uh, on Thursday, June 30th. And then Outriders World Slayer, that's out for PS4 and PS5 on Thursday, June 30th. Greg Miller, what'd you pick to play on PlayStation this week? Uh, you know, I've been playing a whole bunch of stuff. And like, I wrote down one and I'm going to immediately deviate from it because I kind of honestly forgot that I started this other one. Bless you. Ready for it? I'm ready. I started playing. I'll play Tale Innocence again. Oh. And remember, we have been talking about this because Requiem was been up in the, the, we saw the trailer and the presentations and we're like, man, that looks actually kind of cool. And we both were like, oh, well, in it, play Tale Innocence, we started, stopped, and bailed on a right. And I was very much, it, it just didn't click for me at the time. I wasn't in the mood for it. I don't know what it was. And everybody has been very vocal in the audience from the game's release that this is a game I would actually really dig. I should give it a shot. I should go give it a shot. And so I gave it, I have started giving it the honest college try and I forget if I'm in, I think I'm in chapter four right now, maybe chapter three. Let me check my trophies, but uh, I'm enjoying it. I've, I've, I'm in the corner. I've turned the corner on it. Not that I was ever like hating on it, but just before I was like, eh, am I, am I into this? I don't know if I'm into it. Yeah. I'm playing chapter four right now. And I was like, you know what? Like I do like this. I do think, you know, and granted, you know, it's a, it's a, a Sobo, right? It's a smaller studio. Like that's why people were so impressed with it. I think when it launched and why it, you know, Requiem looks so great or whatever. My, t- my criticism of it is like, it is very much a linear video game. And I don't even mean so much as point A to point B as much as like you walk into a room and you're like, you can just look at the room and be like, Oh, this is what I got to do to do the thing, to do that thing. I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like you can, see yourself doing everything in the room before you do it i feel like because it's like oh we'll shoot the fight the the brazers down to get get around the rats to get to the thing to get the ladder like i I don't feel like i'm i mean it because of the story and i like the characters and i want to see the power set and like what's going on with the rats and everything else but i'm not in it and being like man the gameplay is great like i i think gameplay is getting me from point a to point b it's not bad it's just not super interesting if that makes sense 
Yeah, and I mean, I, that exact thing is why I look at the Requiem and go, okay, thank God they're adding in more action in here, because that's the yeah. exact same thing I felt mm-hmm. as I was playing it. Like, the story seemed interesting. I liked the relationship between the... Uh, is it brother and sister? The brother and yeah, sister, right? Yeah, brother and sister. Yeah, I, I, I like that back and forth of you having to to care for him and make sure that he gets to the, the next destination safely. It reminds me a little bit of Eco, Like, very different in terms of gameplay, but sure. thematically, I, I, like, I like games like that. And then there are also a lot of moments where I was like, oh, these guys took inspiration from The Last of Us. Like it's very obvious in, in the one in the way that is this companion thing, but then also in the stealth elements and the crafting and like the the way in which story moments happen uh, and like the dialogue as you're going. It reminds me so much of the last flesh just in terms of design uh, in a way that I appreciated, but also didn't necessarily enrapture me in terms of the moment to moment gameplay keeping me in. Um, but I do want to pick it back up, uh, and I'm glad that you're playing it now because uh, that that might give me a little bit more juice to actually want to pick it up, so I have somebody to bounce off of. Uh, sure. But I will, I probably won't start from the beginning. I want to say I got from I got to maybe chapter four or five. I got like halfway through the game, and so I might do just like a recap on YouTube and then pick it back from back up from where I'm at and see if I can just take it to the end because it seems like shit gets wild later into the game. And again, like you know, it's one of those where. Chapters are pretty short, so it is that thing. You can knock out a few. You can do whatever you want to. You can stick with it. There's, uh, what, 16 or 17, I forget, throughout the game. Um, And, yeah, there's that. And what I actually, you know, the interesting wrinkle to put on it, I guess, is that uh, from a modern perspective with it, I'm playing the PlayStation 5 version of it. It's the first game in quite some time, I feel, that is using the game hint cards really well. Where like when I hit the PlayStation button, it pops up. Know. It's like, oh yeah, you, you, this chapter will take you about twenty six minutes. Twenty, you know, you know, keeps track of how much longer it is. And then as you know, the trophy whore I am, I boot it up, and the game hits are there of like where like you know, every every chapter has uh, you know collect all the collectibles or whatever, which will eventually pay off in a trophy. And so like they have they went through and did videos for every collectible. So like what I'll do is I you know be totally lame and before I start the thing, I'll hit it and I'll just watch through the video and see each one of them or like where should I be looking in the area? I'm like, great, cool. And that way, because I don't want to go buy it, and miss it, and you know, go through and get it in the first try if I can. So there's that to do too. I, uh, but I'm, I think they did a really nice job with the hint cards, which I don't say often because usually there's yeah. garbage. Yeah. I forgot that that they even existed until you just mentioned them. A lot of devs did, I think, y'all. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think like Snacks was like the the big one with that, and then nobody else really doubled down on it. Right. Snacks was the last time where I was using that that thing consistently. Yeah. 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 I'm playing Sonic Origins. Let me tell you, I, I feel like for years I've let people tell me that 2D Sonic games are actually bad. And I've let a lot of that just seep in and go, oh, man, it must be pure nostalgia. I must just love I must I must just love these games because I was a kid and I played them. And I think that's still half true. But going back and playing Sonic uh, 1, 2, 3 and CD as an as an adult, as a 27, 27 about to be 28 year old adult, because I've gone back and played them like a couple years ago as well. But playing them now, I'm like, man, use some solid ass 2D platformers. Like, yeah, at times they can be janky. Yeah, at times, like, the the I think the momentum-based movement of Sonic can get in the way of some precise platforming. Regardless, man, the Sonic games, I think, hold up in terms of level design and the pathing. And then also just, like, those Sonic moments of, get like, getting that perfect boost and, like, hitting the, the perfect loop into the perfect jump into, like, getting the rings into, like, when you have those three to four seconds of, oh, I am zooming through this, and then you get to the next platforming challenge. I'm having such a blast going going back through it. And again, part of that is probably still nostalgia, but even still, there's such an energy to Sonic the Hedgehog that going back to it, I'm, like, experiencing all of the joy of it. Um, even Sonic the Hedgehog 1, which I remember being the one that I, I, I like least, and I think still probably um, that that idea still holds to this day. Going back and playing Sonic 1, getting to 
starlight zone and having the music start and like seeing the the uh visuals of it i was like god damn i fucking love these games and now like i'm halfway i'm actually way past halfway most of the way through sonic 2 um and i'm at the point where i'm like i'm just gonna play all these games beat all these games and maybe go for the platinum <laughs> i'm thinking about going for the platinum damn. I, was, I was talking to tim gettys about it and the, i was worried because i wasn't getting all of the chaos emeralds which require you to do the bonus stages and get them right and that's probably the most difficult and grueling thing regarding completing the sonic games it seems like the platinum might not involve that it seems like you can go through all of the games and do and then do the new mission mode that they've added for sonic origins uh and get the platinum that way and if that's the case I think I might go about it because I'm having such a blast uh, going through it. Uh, and so shout out to Sonic Origins. I will say there have been reports and all this stuff about like there being bugs and all in like game breaking stuff. I as I was playing last night, I hit a point halfway through Sonic 2 where I was like, I've not hit one bug. I don't I don't know what these things are talking about. I've not hit, seen any bugs. And then immediately, I hit the, <laughs> <laughs> immediately, I hit, last words. I hit the issue where Tails, if you're playing a Sonic and Tails, will get stuck off screen and it is the most annoying shit ever because obviously i say this obviously as if everybody knows sonic 2 but you can you can get through these levels without tails tails is just there hanging out the whole time you don't need tails Mm. but the annoying thing about it is that as you're going through the level you hear tails just bouncing on one of the bounce pads over and over and over again and that happened to me for most of a level got to the end of it i was like thank god that's over and i started the level i started the next level and he did it again and then I started the level after that, oh, and he kept no. doing it again. And it is, it is a consistent bug that I am – I don't know how you have this bug happen. A bug that was not in the original games. I don't know how you introduced this new bug, this entirely new bug, into this classic game. So, one, I'm impressed about that. But then also, um, <laughs> that has been annoying for my experience. But regardless, I've been having even way more of a fun time with Sonic Origins than I expected. Uh, and so, yeah, that's what I've been playing. Wait, were, were there people telling you, like, oh, these are not good? Because I, I always felt like 2D Sonic the internet always tells me loved that. What? Yeah, man. I, you, there's like a line in the sand. Either you love Sonic or you hate Sonic. Sure, I, I sure. hear the only good one is uh, Mania. I mean, that's maybe the best um, one. Yeah, Mania is highly Probably the regarded. best one. Yeah. Here's what I'll say, right? Mania is good. One, two, three, and Knuckles, good. Even CD, I would say, yeah. is good. The 2D Sonic games tend to be good most of the yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's when you get into 3D Sonic games where sure. if, somebody t- if somebody tells me these 3D Sonic games are trash, I'm going to be like, you know what? I'm not going to argue with you <laughs> because a lot of them are. I think there's a good percentage of the 3D Sonic games that are not good. And a lot of the ones that are not good are the ones that people evangelize for some reason. Sonic Adventure 2 is not a good video game. But that is a lot of people's favorite Sonic game, and it blows mm. my mind. And I think that a lot of that is rooted in nostalgia and the child garden and the cutscenes and all this stuff. Um, but like Sonic Heroes, it's a fun game. That's a pretty good <laughs> game. Sonic Generations, that's a great game. Sonic Colors, that's a great game. Sonic Forces, strong okay. That's a six out of ten. <laughs> strong okay. <laughs> it's a strong okay. And then like you get into other Sonic games, and it kind of goes da- goes downhill. Um, Where's your hype right now? Sonic Frontiers. Yeah, I'm yeah. excited for Frontiers. I'm ex- I'm excited for it. Um, the latest thing that they showed off was in the direct, which is the cyberspace levels, which are the the linear traditional yeah, classic 3D Sonic levels that they're placing into the uh, open world, and they work pretty much as uh, shrines. And right, so, like you're exploring, breath. yeah, from Breath of the Wild. So you're exploring the Sonic, and I shouldn't say open world. I should say you're exploring the open zone, right. um, <laughs> getting into boss fights, defeating bosses, collecting portal gears, and then you're placing the portal gears into the shrines to then get access to the classic Sonic levels. You then go through those classic Sonic levels, and those kick you out to then like uh, I forget what you unlock from those. I think you unlock just more bullshit. Like it's a it's an ever going loop uh, in the Sonic game. 
but I love that stuff. Like mm. I, I that that's part of what I did during my demo at Summer Game Fest that I haven't been able to talk about. And that was some of the best stuff that I got to experience out of that demo. I think that stuff's gonna be a blast. And in the way that they're formatted, they are shorter than your traditional 3D Sonic levels that you you get in any other uh, 3D Sonic game. And so it feels way more replayable. Like they 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 have mm. challenges attached to them. It reminds me of. Uh, almost like me in the way that we've been playing Neon White, and you'll see uh, like Roger speed running against Andy, speed running against Barrett, and everybody going for the quickest time. Um, it seems like Sonic Frontiers might have that sort of situation with this classic 3D Sonic levels, which I want. I hope they're able to, to achieve that level of oh, we nailed what 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 this is. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to Sonic Frontiers. I'm still trepidatious regarding uh how it's gonna run like you know frame yeah. rate bugs glitches resolution all that stuff it doesn't look pretty i think they could have a lot more tlc in the level design but even still i'm looking forward to it as another sonic experience that if everything turns out right could be a strong 7.5 out of 10 right right <laughs> it, it, i love what they're going for it just it looks so rough around the edges that's that's yeah. my main concern surrounding it but 100%. i hope you pull it off because i I, I when I first saw a teaser trailer, I was super excited. I was like, "This is it! This, this is the pull all stop Sonic game, triple A Sonic game." And then I saw the gameplay. I'm like, "Okay, it, okay, all right. I'm gonna have to be a little more reserved about my hype for it." But I hope they they really pull it off because it could be really cool. Yeah, and that's exactly where I'm at with it too. Mm -hmm. Young, have you been playing anything on PlayStation this week? Well. In a way, I guess I've been all in on Steam Deck this these past two weeks. Uh, I've, I was like reviewing it, and just I can't stop playing because it's just so freaking cool. But to be fair, <laughs> I did download God of War on my Steam Deck, playing oh, it on yeah. there, and it's like that's when it like hit me. Like it wasn't that long ago that I was playing this game on the Jet Engine PlayStation Four chonky box. And now it's in this like little thing you can hold in your hands, and it's running at like 35 to 45 frames per second at like high settings, and it looks gorgeous, and it runs super well, and I can take this wherever I want to go. And just having that realization, just uh, I don't know, it, it was like that moment of like, man, technology is like this is where we're at now, and it's only gonna get better from here. Uh, so I've just been enjoying God of War on on this, yeah, small oh, little yeah. device, and just taking it everywhere with me, and. It's still as good as I remember it being. The combat's just as solid as, as it's always been. The performances, the everything, everything about that game. Is just, what a game. What a game. It's it's like top five of all time for me, uh, easily. Um, and man, Ragnarok, I can't wait for that. Um, and man, it's such an honor that I, <laughs> like, I, I was surprised actually, like, uh, I auditioned for some stuff actually for that game, and I, 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 you're gonna be killing me a lot. Oh, all, all I'll say about that. Oh snap! Game. I'm like you I play like one of the. I, I, I no, I, I, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I wish. Uh, it's like one of the they've already announced it. So I, yeah, I was gonna say I saw it on your IMDb earlier. Yeah, it's like the Berserker Stag, and I, I don't have much context outside of like the my death screams and some of the like Nordic lines that I had to say, which was really cool. Um, so I, I don't know much about the game really, but it's it's um, it just looks awesome from the trailers we've seen. And I know apparently there was supposed to be like an announcement or a release date announcement trailer or something. Yeah, today. Like at the end of this month. Yeah, today, and then it got delayed. And I don't know. So I guess we'll see more of that soon. But um, I'm so pumped for the for the sequel, and so I'm just like, I can't wait. I I keep yeah. debating on whether or not I want to replay God of War 2018 on my Steam Deck because I ever since that that game came out right in 2018. Yeah. I played it that week. It came out, blazed through it because I fucking like I adored yeah, it, I and I've it. not picked it up since. And yeah. it's that thing where I think back to it, and that was one week in 2018 for me. And now so much of the story is yeah like a blur. 
And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, maybe I should play this before I get into Ragnarok. But then I'm also like, if Ragnarok really is around the corner, maybe I shouldn't burn myself out on God of War and just wait until Ragnarok and ex- come back mm-hmm. and experience it fresh again. I don't know. I feel like Ragnarok is a decent ways away that you could, if you like kind of play now ish within the next month or so, you'd still have ample time to like forget uh, it, <laughs> forget it, <laughs> and refresh yourself with Ragnarok. So, yeah, yeah I'm, uh, I'm going through it again. Like, I, I just like, I downloaded just to, like test how well it runs. And then I found myself hooked back into it because it's just so freaking good. Yeah, I had that happen to me a little bit with Ratchet and Clank because uh, when mm-hmm. Rift Apart came out uh, for PS Love You, we did a re review of Ratchet and Clank, the remake. Uh, yeah. and so I played it, but I played it very close to, to Rift Apart. And so, like, after putting down the remake, you picked up Rift Apart maybe like a month or so later. And halfway through the game, I was like, oh, this is just more Ratchet and Clank, isn't it? I, right. I'm, or I'm rationing, I'm rationing it out. Like, I'm all, right, I'm right, all clanked enough. up. Um, <laughs> I'm clanked up. <laughs> I'm all clanked up. But God of, God of War, it being so narrative focused, I can see that not being as much of an issue because I'm going to, I'm for sure going to be way more into the yeah. characters and story of God of War than for mm. Ratchet. And that's going to carry so much of it. And I'm sure there's going to be different skill trees and yeah, you know, maybe a new, new weapon. weapons. Maybe oh, play as a trace this weapon. time. Oh yeah. That'd be cool. That's the um, thing I've not thought about like a new possible weapon or a new possible huh. way to play. Yeah. 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 Both yeah. well, have to be there. Like... Right. But what's the new weapon? What's the new X? Do you, do you get Mjolnir? Chainsaw. Yeah. You definitely get Mjolnir. Um, I'm also like one of the things that God of War 2018 was lacking. I think it's like a little more variety in some of the like bosses. You like you fought that troll like over and over and over again. I feel like with Ragnarok now that they have the time to like they have like the technology and stuff like in place, the, the fundamentals in place. They can focus more on the content itself. It's kind of like I think Breath of the Wild had a similar issue where it felt like so much time was spent on like making everything work that you know the dungeons weren't as big as they could have been. Some of the enemies were a little repetitive and. With Ragnarok, the foundation set, they can just focus mm. on like just making a bunch of content for it, yeah. and like adding as many like variety, enemy variety, and bosses as possible, and stuff like that. So I'm like excited to see where just how much more they can expand this incredible foundation they've set. Yeah, that's why I felt Horizon Forbidden West did well. Is Horizon mm. Forbidden West came through with all this, all the everything that's been laid out in, in Zero Dawn regarding systems, what the lore is of yeah. the world, what these characters look like, the models, and all this stuff, and then. Forbidden West comes through and adds in just a bunch of different activities that are that are pushing mm-hmm. like, okay, what can we place in this world to make it more vibrant, make it more interesting to explore and, and go through? Yeah. So Ragnarok does a similar thing where it is cool. No, Star, God, or I was gonna say Star Wars for some reason. God of War <laughs> 2018 was just the groundwork. Now this is the real like this is the real shit right here. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. that could be incredible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Agreed. Ladies and gentlemen. That's another episode of PS I Love You XOXO, your PlayStation podcast records every Thursday on patreon.com slash kind of funny games. And of course, goes up for free on youtube.com slash kind of funny games. Of course, if you want to get that post show we're about to do with Young, you have to go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games. But if you're not joining us, Young, where can people keep up with you? You can find me on twitter.com slash Young Yeah for just, you know, random posts and tweets and whatever for videos, Young youtube.com slash yong yeah and for voiceover stuff yong yeah vo.com uh yeah those are sort of my three main outlets you know we'll see you soon in god of war that's exciting definitely definitely yeah uh i'll be screaming a lot as you utterly decimate me as as kratos so (laughs) hell yeah (laughs) well ladies and gentlemen we got a post show to do but until next time it's been our pleasure to serve you